Friends, I want to share with you uh, that sometimes I mix my words up. And sometimes that's unfortunate. Things like when we're typing, um, it's unfortunate that I type undeserved for underserved. That's unfortunate. I'm thankful for spell check. Another, another way that, that words can get kind of complicated, uh, when I was in public accounting and I was uh, auditing a casino in the Dominican Republic, how fun was that? <clears throat> I, I, I had the unfortunate uh, uh, skill of not speaking Spanish, but I had enough that I could understand and I had a translator, but I was trying. And they kept saying, individuals kept saying, um, gracias. And I thought I was saying, um, you're welcome, or uh, think nothing of it, or whatever. And um, Carlos turned to me, the translator, the one I was working with, Carlos turned to me and said, you keep telling them of nothing. I wasn't saying it right because I didn't understand it necessarily. I didn't embrace the language. I didn't, I didn't understand those little uh, nuances necessarily. And I find today as I'm, as I'm thinking about these words of peace, uh, when I look back to uh, the history in the, in the Hebrew Bible of, of the term peace, we hear two different words. One is shalom which we tend to translate at peace, but it's really much deeper than that. Shalom also means completeness and wholeness and an attitude of being at peace, but being at whole with God and with each other. And then moving into the New Testament with the Greek translation, erine, peace. We'll talk a little bit about that today. And what we thought we'd do uh, instead of just someone, um, you know, talking and instructing, I asked Scott and Maggie if they'd come up and just talk a little bit about this sermon series. How does this sermon series, where we've been focused on different practices of the, of the um, different practices that we have here in the in the United Methodist Church in our church, uh, how does um, what we've learned? Um, what does it have to do with shalom and wholeness and completeness? So thanks, Scott and Maggie, for the last-minute change on <laughs> Friday afternoon. That's for, why we're a team. For doing this. Man, for I love these two. I really do. So just, just starting out, um, this worship service has you know, run the gamut on a lot of things, and I know that there were a lot of lessons that were taught, but baptisms, communion, what we mean by biblical truth, uh, the Afterlights, Saints, and then last week, Chosen Family, which was a great one. Um, what are you guys hoping that um, people take away at, in, in, as a whole with this sermon series? Um, so I think for myself and as we were kind See, of... See, they don't know how long I can hold awkward silence. That's my, that's my superpower. Go ahead, Maggie. That is not your superpower. <laughs> Go ahead, Maggie. Um, I think as we were talking about this particular sermon series and what we wanted, uh, what we had hoped that it would accomplish, right, was um, that it would not answer questions for any of us, but it would open up more just deeper thought about these things, right? And I know that for myself, I've had those moments 
um, for all of these things of thinking about, okay, well, what does this actually really mean for me? How do I actually really experience this? And so um, I'm hoping people can just take the things that we've talked about and just find deeper understanding, deeper questions mm -hmm. to grow a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That's good. Thank yeah. you. I think yeah. one, of, one thing that I've been grateful to hear is that, uh, the theme of um, integrating faith into the fullness of life, because I think, you know, that sort of as the, as the title of the series indicates, beginnings and endings, um, sometimes we think of, of church and faith as that thing that pops up along the way, um, but, but not fully integrated in, into life, into, into daily living. Um, you know, Paul famously says at one point in one of his letters uh, that he uh, prays without ceasing, which I think is a pretty boastful claim um, to make uh, on, on Paul's part. But, but um, I think what he is getting at when he says to pray without ceasing is not to be constantly reciting the Lord's Prayer or something like that, but to just to, to live a life of faith to where you can't really see where the life and where the faith stops and starts, right? Um, and, and, and that's what I think the hope for me is in, in my own faith. Of course, I, I, I fall short of that frequently, but to, to try not to see my life in sort of binaries or in dualities or in either ors, but to see life and faith as fully intermixed and intermingled, twingled? Intertwingled's not a word. I just yeah, made it up. Good enough. Good. And that's where I'm going to stop my comments. Huh? Yep. Yeah. I, I, I like what you said there, Scott, that that by, by asking the questions and, and feeling free to ask those questions of each other, of any of us, or, or talk about them at your family dinner, then we also um, internalize some of these questions and, and some of this life of the beginnings and endings. And so it doesn't really have an ending. It's a, it's a circular that we continue to ask and ask and ask and find out what season we're in. So in that video that we had, weren't they cute? In that video today, we heard from a lot of children and teachers and uh, at the school about peace. And they make it sound so simple, don't they? They make it sound so simple. But it seems the older we get, the more we move away from those simple answers. So I'm just wondering, um, is, you know, is wholeness and completeness and peace really that simple? Or, and we just muck it up? Or, or are the children naive? Or, or you know, what, what happens there that we're not always at peace? Um, I honestly think, I keep waiting for you to just, I'm just going to not, I'm just going to not. Um, it's fine. Uh, I think the kids have it right. I honestly do. They, man, if you just sit down and talk with a kid, like if you have ever talked with a kid about something like this, like they just know, mm -hmm. they just got it together, right? And it really is that simple, right? Even asking our own kids, how do they experience peace? Where do they see peace? It really is just that simple. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as we get older, things become uh, less black and white, whether that's good or bad, right? Um, but I think the way you put it, I think sometimes we can just muck it up. Um, and make it a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In terms of being at peace um, with yourself, you know, um, my daughter Andy is is here today, and um, uh, she, uh, you know, she doesn't become someone different depending on which setting she's in, right? She's she's five and a half, more like three quarters, but she'll remind you it's five and a half, and. Um, 
you know, Andy at school and Andy at church and Andy at home, and no matter where she is, like, it's the same Andy. You're not getting versions of a person. She hasn't begun to compartmentalize herself in the way that adults and teenagers, you know, tend to. We sort of learn those behaviors. Um, and I think there's a certain beauty to that, right? And and I'd catch myself, like, coaching her out of that <laughs> habit, and, I'd, and I'll catch myself teaching her how to compartmentalize herself and I stop and go, okay, should I really be doing that? Or is, is she, should she be teaching me something here about what it means to be a, a full whole person and not have to give a different environments, a different version of, of who I am. Mm. Um, and in terms of just personal relations, you know, last night we had some friends over for dinner and um, Andy and her friends uh, had gotten into a, a little bit of a tiff uh, and um, I could tell something was wrong with Andy. We were sitting down. They had they had gone back to their house uh, for a moment to check on a dog. And uh, anyways, while her friend was gone, Andy just like could not even eat her food. Um, and I said, Andy, what's going on? She goes, I just really need to apologize to Jimmy. I'm going to go in my room and wait for her. And then when she gets in, if you could tell her to go to my room and then we can have some time and we can talk it out. And I'm like, girlfriend, girl, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> It's you and Jimmy, I promise your relationship is going to survive the last 10 minutes. I really think it's going to be okay. But just like her, her desire to see, make sure that that relationship was made right. Um, uh, you know, does she inherit some of her dad's anxieties? Unfortunately, it appears so. Um, but there's also a certain amount of, of beauty in that, I think, as well. Yeah. I think the fact that it's, um, when we think of this feeling of shalom and being in shalom with each other, um, we'll, we'll have it again, internalized that, you know, you felt like you weren't at peace and how do we use the lessons that we've had the last six weeks to bring about peace? Mm -hmm. I think about, uh, the, the Sunday that we spoke about the Wesleyan quadrilateral, the big, uh, you know, the big words and everything, but really we were talking about how, how do you, uh, reconcile and ask yourself questions and use your experiences and, and, and find ways within yourself to have wholeness and shalom. But there's one thing that, um, that's important here. Um, when, I, when I started thinking about shalom and I went to the Bible to say, what, what, is the, what is it that I want to communicate about shalom? I went to a very common uh, benediction that you may have heard. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you shalom. And I read it probably three or four times. And the fourth time I read it, I thought, man, there's a lot of you in there. There's a lot of you. And there can be this mistake sometimes can go to the extreme that shalom is just between us and God, me and God. That, you know, God, God grant you peace and grant you this. So um, is peace only about an individual relationship with God or uh, is there more to it? Is shalom more to it? Yeah. Um, I, so when you sent that question over, I laughed because this is how we close our time together on Sunday nights with the students. And this is how I closed my time when I was growing up in youth as well. Um, but I think peace is very much a communal thing, right? And 
I want to invite each of you, if you have not heard um, students say this with one another, I want to invite you to come on a, on a Sunday evening um, and come hang out with us and hear it because it is like the most powerful thing you will ever hear because the way they do it, they say, the Lord bless you and keep you. And so like it takes forever because oh the use last about, you know, 30 seconds long, each one of them. Um, but it is this community thing where you are feeling blessed by one another. You are feeling blessed by being a part of this community. And you know that you are not alone in this journey of life or faith, but that you are doing this together with your people, with your family. And so um, I think it is a very silly thing uh, to elongate the you, but it, it really just kind of hits home that that fact that we are not doing this alone. It is not simply just a me and God thing, but it is a we thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if we uh, we could leverage our, our uh, Texan-ness and instead make it the Lord bless y'all and keep y'all. Because, um, <laughs> you know, in English, we don't have a great word that means that sort of inclusive you, that, that communal you. But we do uh, in y'all, right? And so many of the yous in Scripture are actually y'alls. Um, but... Uh, I guess, I don't know, Bible editors don't like including uh, those colloquialisms. So um, I think it's important to remember that it's hard to separate uh, you from y'all, right? Um, and uh, we, we can try to, again, compartmentalize, uh, try to separate and detach. And um, I think so much of the Christian journey is, be, is seeing less you and seeing more y'all, right? And, and seeing that inherent connectedness. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I... I'm thinking back to the to the sermon series that we had, where um, this is a blessing and a, 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 as well as a benediction. And when we talk about the Lord bless you and keep you, it's uh, generational, isn't it? It's not just those who uh, who are there at that time who hear that blessing. It's something that we can carry with us to uh, share blessings with others. It's uh, something that came before us. There's something that connects us together uh, when we talked about the saints uh, Sunday and we talked about what a saint is and that it's not just those who have gone before, uh, that it is those who are living now, that, that we share in this, in this uh, shalom together. And so keeping with this number, this uh, benediction from the book of Numbers, um, I, I landed on this and give you shalom. So the question I wrote down was, um, how are we given shalom? Mm. Is, it, is it a gift? Is it a, a, you know, something that we have to receive? Or how are we given shalom? Mm. Scott, I'm going to let Maggie uh, um, not do it and uh, <laughs> call on you first. Yeah, I, I, think, I think frequently we have to be given shalom. Because um, sometimes, you know, again, we're, we're not islands unto ourselves. And so... Uh, trying to find it as individuals can be difficult or nearly impossible. Um, you know, I think about as someone uh, who uh, battles depression and anxiety, um, uh, how frequently Reagan, my wife, is, has had to uh, give me shalom, um, right? Whether that's through the question of kind of like me asking Andy over dinner last night, what's really going on? Reagan asking me, uh, you know, late at night when, you know, it's about time for bed, hey, you've been really quiet, what's really going on? You know, um, I think sometimes those those invitational questions, those um, those are ways that we can be given shalom simply be by uh, 
being able to speak out loud our lack of it, right? Um, I think we're, we're sort of trained and instructed to have it all together and to pretend like everything's okay. And um, the honest truth is, it rarely is. Um, and um, being able to say that part out loud, I think, allows us to move closer to then finding the shalom that we may be looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lord, it's a lot more it's easier to accomplish when there's someone who's willing to hold that space with you. Ditto. Can I do that? You can. Boom. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it is a gift. I think it's a beautiful reminder. I think it's something that we live in daily, right? Um, you know, very similarly, like on days when I'm struggling to really find that peace and really find that calm and that wholeness, um, you know, there are people in my life who remind me of that, that it is mine already, mm-hmm. right? Um, and to help me find ways to enter back into that space. Because um, I think that that's, it is a space that we very often um, forget that we can just be in, right? Um, and that because of things going on in life, we step out of it. Um, and so sometimes we need that little nudge from our friend, from our loved one to kind of push us back into that space. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the, the, this word given can, you know, you, you tend to go towards gift. You know, this is a gift that we've been given. The, the opportunity to be in shalom with God and with each other and with community. It's a gift that we can accept um, and, and we can work toward um, it's a feeling, you know, it's just that feeling. Steve's uh, family, Steve's father's family is from Lansing, Iowa, which is about the size of my fist. <laughs> um, and I haven't been there in years. But um, when I go, it's one place that Steve says, I know that within a day, you'll be ready to share. He doesn't say it like this, but you, you're at peace. You, you get to vacation mode faster there than any other place. And it's because of being out in nature. It's because of the, uh, the purity of being right on the Mississippi River. Um, just, just all of that. And once you realize that you have it for yourself, you start to share it with others. Um, it's not a gift that we keep. It's a gift that we can share to help others bring that wholeness and completeness and and feeling of peace with them, with with others. And so um, as I turn to uh, some other passages, we've been saying a lot of this lately, Scott and I, in our our memorial services, but John 14, 27, where Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, that gift again, it's a gift of peace. And then in Matthew 5, 9, which is part of the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And when I read these two, and I wrote them down, and I read them over and over and over, um, I stopped thinking about that individual peace, and I started much more of thinking being in shalom with community, with, with each of us. So I'm, I'm curious for you, um, you know, seeing, and seeing different things, the question, where or how have you seen or encountered shalom or peace through Arapahoe for each other or even for the greater community around Arapahoe? Where, where do you see shalom in community uh, here? Yeah. I love the, um, just the deeper understanding and meaning and knowing of shalom, right? It is more than just like 
peace. It's that wholeness, that connection. Um, and as family pastor, I get to see a lot of it in the midst of chaos um, and experience it in the midst of chaos. Um, but being able to see um, our children take care of one another. Um, I mean, even just this morning, we had one of our kids saying that she was afraid of something. And then one of the other kids said, oh, well, I was able, I did this, and this was my experience, and you're going to be okay, right? Like being able to share their experiences together um, or with our students. Um, I shared this with our staff last week that um, being able to have just sometimes that those moments of like deep belly laughter with your people, like those are moments of shalom uh, that I have experienced here at Arapahoe, um, specifically with our children and our students, but I'm really just seeing it in the ways that our church um, comes together and experiences life with one another, but also sees who are we missing from our table mm -hmm. and how can we invite them in and how can we tell them they are welcomed here and wanted here and they are already a part of our family um, and so we want to open our doors up to you, right? Um, that it is not just this internal we community, but it goes beyond this building and beyond these doors um, that we extend that community and that we, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, we're, we're a community that, in the way I've experienced it, it just so wired for connection. Um, the, the, the people who seem to be drawn to this place because the culture runs deep. Um, I like to brag on Arapahoe because I say I can take none of the credit because I've been here for 16 months and most of that time has been during a pandemic when we couldn't even meet in person. And um, and yet the culture here is one of, of such you know, deep, meaningful connection, not, not just um, you know, friending each other on Facebook um, and, and posting happy birthday on the wall or whatever, but um, but truly caring enough to hold prayers for one another. Um, the, the folks that have come to memorial services for individuals that surprised me because I thought, oh, I didn't know that they knew them, you know, um, the, the level of surprising connection in this place. Um, the fact that, you know, if you if you do visit in person, um, God bless you, I hope you're extroverted because you're going to have some <laughs> people say hello to you. Um, and that's such a wonderful thing too. But then you know, folks that are online finding meaningful connection. Those of you who are, you know, um, at home right now or wherever you are, um, you know, getting to connect with people on on Zoom for uh, coffee and connection stuff, and and seeing through their eyes what I've seen. Right? They can sense the culture and the and the warmth of of a people, um, even even in a digital space. Um, and so that's been really exciting to see that grow in, in a new way and, and to reach people that we probably would not have reached before um, because now they can experience that warmth from a place that maybe feels safer um, and is a little less scary than driving onto a church parking lot that you've never visited before. Um, I, I find that to be very powerful. Um, and it just continues to reaffirm that first sign that I saw um, uh, back when the pandemic was first hitting and we had the yard signs that said, we belong to each other. You know, that was sort of my introduction to who we were as, as AUMC. And I've seen that sign proven true. Yeah. Um, I've seen that sign proven true. I've, I've uh, been associated with Arapahoe since 1996. I had a little five-year break where I was appointed to another church, but, but I came back, and, and I've, I've mentioned that um, same, same community, different vibe. And what this has to do with Shalom is that this community that comes on Sunday or that, that uh, comes on Sunday afternoons through the youth or whatever, um, they have accepted that gift. 
And the in-betweens that we've been talking about, the different things, it's not a set of rules. It's not a checklist of, you know, let me get it right so that my in-between time is right. It's a feeling and a, and a relationship that we have with each other. And as I mentioned with the, with the word, how do I give it to you? You know, God, God gives this grace to us. We give it to each other. And what's really, really great about um, this particular community is that you bust at the seams and give it to everyone. You give that feeling of shalom and you help them, everyone through their journey. And so how do I see shalom in our community? Um, I, I, I tear down the walls here and I see the community outside. I see people... Um, coming and speaking for the first time at a Richardson trustee board meeting mm -hmm. for the school district. I see, uh, I see reaching out to other churches in the area to join us at Doby for uh, sharing um, a, what will be a meal, food that can be turned into a meal. I see individuals on, on Facebook, on social media, taking pictures of, of uh, uh, delivering food with network. I see um, individuals in what, what started um, last year sometime, um, driveway meetings on a Friday afternoon, just getting together and being, being together. Um, what's important about these beginnings and endings and in-between and how we find shalom is that we keep practicing the journey. We acknowledge that each of us is on that journey towards wholeness. And we're going to get there and then flip, it's going to go away sometimes. But the fact that, that we help each other along in our journey, that we help each other along. Um, we talked in speakers this morning about covenant, that we're in this unspoken covenant together to continue our journey, not just with those who show up on Sunday, but with anyone in, in, uh, in our general area and even the world. So, um, so I hope that you've learned a little bit about um, the wholeness of shalom being a feeling of, of peace, not just for yourself, but for a whole community being in relationship with each other. So with that, I'll, I'll ask uh, you guys to, uh, to go. And, and with Thank that, you. we'll say shalom and continue our worship.